Welcome into Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. It is time for our Dragon Ball Super Monthly Manga Review, and I am joined pretty much always by my friend, GB. GB, how you doing, man? I'm living. I'm out here, you know. It's it's near Thanksgiving. Uh, it's the day that we that we celebrate that colonizers came to a land and basically took over and said, fuck you, just like Dragon Ball. So yeah. it's good. It's like it's like a full circle type of thing. A hundred percent. I can see the correlation between those two things. Pilgrim is coming over and saying, fuck you guys and fuck this land. And now this corn is ours versus uh, Dragon Ball coming over in the mid to late 90s and being like, you like cartoons, bitch. Well, now you like anime. I can see that correlation all day, every day. It's a great correlation. Love it. So we're going to be reviewing chapter 78 of Dragon Ball Super, Gas's Wish, this month. But just real uh, quickly, there was a couple of pieces of news that came out kind of between the last episode that came out. I actually sort of forgot one of these pieces of information when I recorded last week, but also a bit of news that might not be so newsy, you know? So the first of those two things, what I should have mentioned to you last week is that Dragon Ball Super has been confirmed for a showing or a feature at Jump Festa in December. I believe it's December 19th. Uh, Dragon Ball Super will be featured that weekend along with a bunch of other animes. What I failed to mention uh, last week was that it's since been confirmed that it will be a slot, a feature slot on Dragon Ball Super, Superhero. And uh, we are definitely going to be um, meeting the voice actors for Gamma 1 and Gamma 2, uh, the two seemingly uh, antagonists, or who will be antagonists for this film. We're, gonna, we're going to be meeting those voice actors. Furukawa will be there for the voice of Piccolo, and Masako Nozawa will also be there for the voice of Goku. Um, it's expected maybe we will get a uh, an updated or a new trailer for the movie, uh, but sort of, you know, obviously we're yet to see. It's about a month away at this point in time. So I just wanted to share that with you guys because a couple of weeks, or I guess it was a couple of months back at this point, I was really hopeful that Jump Festa this year would be an announcement for an anime return, but it seems that it will be dedicated to Dragon Ball Super, Superhero. Boo. The other little bit of piece of news that I'm not so sure that it's news, but it's at least an indicator. Uh, reported by DVS Chronicles on Twitter. Somebody who I have a very intense love and hate relationship with. They report a lot of factual information. And every once in a while, they'll uh, put out some kind of stupid misleading picture or meme and be like ha 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 confirmed but like not so much with the emphasis on the ha 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 you know and then people run with that as a fact because you know previously up until this ha 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 moment they've been a very reliable source of leaks or whatever anyway that's all a very long way to say earlier today they released some news uh like i said maybe not news uh, that Dragon Ball Super, Superhero, could see an April or May 2022 release date, which, by the way, totally within the realm of possibility. What gives them this thought or what gives them this pause in, in reporting this as some news, potentially, 
they recently came across a website that features merch for the super superhero movie. And it mentioned a date, like a shipping date or a listing date or whatever within those links of April, 2022. Now, when the Broly movie came out, I believe it was what December of 2019, a lot of the merchandise connected to that movie started to hit an availability date in November of 2019. So basically this person having stumbled onto super superhero merchandise uh, with an availability date of April, 2022 gives them, um, you know, the inkling that perhaps we could see a release date within the early spring of 2022. I, think I've explained it as plainly as I can. That is not a factual confirmation of when the movie come will come out, but it's a possibility. And I thought it was worth mentioning. So those are your two pieces of Dragon Ball news for this episode. You goddamn nerd. You're happy. I just explained all that to you because otherwise you'd have to go through a bunch of complicated, convoluted Twitter threads that you don't want to fucking have to navigate through. Cause Dragon Ball fans, spoiler alert, are goddamn awful. That's what I'm here for, and that's why you listen to podcasts. GB, are you ready to do Chapter 78 with me? Yes, I am most certainly ready. Chapter 78, Gas's Wish. So, I've got a few different questions, GB, that I'm going to be asking you throughout the course of this chapter, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, it probably makes sense to run through the events of this chapter and kind of, you know, hit the pause button and ask you periodically about these questions. I honestly forget how I do these chapters month to month. It always feels different. So let's get to the first question. First question's actually not a question. It's just me recollecting the chapter. At the beginning of this chapter, we see the Hida gang finishing up their quest for the Dragon Balls, and Alec sends Gas, Oil, and Maki out to go meet the currently very wounded <laughs> Goku, Vegeta, and Granola. And he himself is going to, uh, now that he has both Dragon Balls, the radar, and the spell to summon uh, Taranbo, I think is the dragon's name, which is a, a very funny name. He is going to uh, go and fulfill the wish of, I guess, presumably, it's never explicitly stated, making gas the strongest in the universe in order to uh, supersede Granola's power. And meanwhile, back at the ranch, Goku, Vegeta, and Granola, who just were beating the shit out of each other until Manito showed up in an oatmeal piloted spaceship. He just learns that his mom was killed by Alec, this dude who has given him a bunch of bounty hunting work over the last, you know, however many decades. Now, while Granola is having this uh, very understandable reaction and like grabbing Manito by the throat and he's like, how dare you keep me in the dark? Basically, all the stuff that I've been saying for the last couple months, Manito was a really shitty roommate, etc., he is interrupted by Vegeta. Goku, like, cut, you know, kind of tries to break him up a little bit, but Vegeta asks the question, so did Bardock defeat Gas, or, or what? And at that point, Manito starts to respond, yes, he did. He was very strong. 
but dot, 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 or ellipses or whatever. He's interrupted. The sky becomes darkened. Everyone notices Goku and Vegeta mentioned like, it's like when the dragon is summoned. Oh no, there's Dragon Balls here? Um, Manito's interrupted. My question to you, GB, I expected this month to be the Bardock flashback part two. And let us see how that fight goes down 40 years ago. We did not see that. Obviously, there's a little bit more to the story, but Homeboy was interrupted before he was able to fill us in on it. What do you think that final uh, part of the story could be in terms of Bardock versus Gas? Um, that's a very good question. So, of course, we do, like you said, they did say that Bardock won. Um, of course, we as the fan base, we don't know how, neither does Goku nor Vegeta know. Um, or Granola. The only person that knows is the old Namekian. And I think, truthfully, we'll maybe see it when this sort of part of the arc comes to an end. Um, we're going to probably see a scene, and I think this is very Dragon Ball-esque, where we're going to see Goku pretty much doing the same exact things that Bardock did when he was fighting him. So it's like a sort of the past repeats itself type of thing. I love that you just said that. Before we hit record, uh, we did it on the Patreon pre-show. If you want to be a member and support the show, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. Uh, the early or the unedited version of this episode, we talked about, um, you know, I asked you, did you listen to the episode with Hayden that I did from Dokkan Wen last month? And you'd said no, but one point Hayden had brought up in that episode was, you know, watch Goku still get the win and then like have there be a bunch of Bardock callbacks in that fight and have like the history repeat itself, you know, for lack of a better term, which is almost exactly what you just said. And when he said it, I was just like, oh, no, what the fuck? No, that's so good of an idea. It's going to have to be what they actually do. And that makes me mad. Ah. It, it makes me actually happy in this instance that you brought up the same idea. Um, I was happy we didn't see the Bardock flashback. Obviously, there's more to the story. I imagine we will see it at a certain point. Um, I don't think it'll be exclusively to what you guys had said, though. Like, now Goku's kicking my ass and I'm having PTSD flashbacks to Bardock kicking my ass. I don't think it'll be that explicitly. Like, there, there could be parts of it. But I do think that we will see some sort of flashback at a certain point. We have to. Um, a lot of people actually speculated that, you know, he gets interrupted and it's like, he goes back to tell the story and it's like, your father became a blonde warrior with an aura that was unmatched by all. And it's like, yo, Bardock is the fucking first Super Saiyan now in canon. Like, I don't think they'll do that. I really don't think so. I hope not. Because, like, if you follow what happens next, like, he seemingly would have defeated Gas. Let's say that is what happened. He becomes a Super Saiyan, defeats Gas, makes him look awful to the point where Gas carries around a grudge for 40 years. He becomes a Super Saiyan, goes back to Planet Frieza, tries to overthrow Frieza, and just doesn't tap into a Super Saiyan form. Oh, is it because, like, He's beat up and weak from his fight with gas. Like, 
Bardock could have been a Super Saiyan when he tried to rebel against Frieza, but Gas had fucked him up in the fight so much that it made it impossible in that moment. If they try to pitch me some shit like that, man, I'll honestly have to reconsider making this podcast because I will be <laughs> very, very fucking mad. Just have Bardock hand him a handy ass whooping. That's okay. If they make him Super Saiyan, they give him a gold aura and like make his hair start to go back and forth between being spiky and shit. I'll have to seriously consider what the hell I'm doing with my time and making this podcast, at least in terms of manga reviews, you know? Mm -hmm. So I guess, you know, more to come on that, but we'll see what happens with Bardock. I'm kind of interested. I, I think we have to update the segment we've been doing, which uh, over the last few months has been... Hey, where the fuck freeze at? Boy, shut your mouth when I tell you about making all that daggone noise. What the hell is wrong with you? I think we can pretty much kiss away the idea of Frieza showing up. I think he served his role by just being somebody that everyone knows amongst all the varied parties in this arc. Being the motif, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, like the catalyst, you know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. he's the thing that gets everybody kicked off in this fucking revenge direction one way or another, except for Goku and Vegeta, who just have, you know, had to deal with him a bunch of times over the last 40 years, but uh, in Vegeta's case, anyway. Uh, Goku, you know, but they dealt with him recently in the Tournament of Power, so, like, he's, like, they're not bud buddy, you know? Like, his friend, they're, they're, like, frenemies or whatever, like, Frieza may have well have already served his purpose in this arc. So now, I think we have to update the segment name to... Hey, what the fuck? Alec! Boy, shut your mouth when I tell you about making all that daggone noise! What the hell is wrong with you? So, we see Alec very briefly at the beginning of the chapter, and then we see him actually gather uh, the Dragon Balls, do the spell quickly, and the dragon is summoned, and he reacts to it. And he's like, wow, it's a big motherfucking dragon. And we actually do not see the wish that he makes. We don't see what he speaks out loud to the dragon at all. Um, but we do see very quickly, I think it's literally on a page turn. It goes back to Goku and Vegeta and they're like, holy shit. The sky's clearing up and what is this humongous key that we just felt? And it's heading our way. So we kind of just fill in the blank as an audience member and assume that the wish was to make gas the strongest in the universe. That's why the power-up happens. Now they're on the way. And then we do not see or hear from Alec for the rest of the chapter. Um, it's kind of a two-part question, GB. Do you think that he made the wish to make gas the strongest in the universe or like just to power him up or, or it could be like a two tiered kind of wish where it's like make gas the strongest in the universe, except for me. Like I'll be stronger than him. Could be something like that. I don't know. What do you think the wish could have been? Do you think it was what we think it could or think it should have been on like the surface level, given what we saw in the chapter, make gas the strongest in the universe. Um, and then also, like, do you think we'll see Alec again anytime soon? Do you think he's going to fuck off and maybe go make another wish? Or what are your thoughts, man? Um, personally, I don't know. Uh, part of me, this is kind of going back to 
uh, one of the beginning chapters of this arc, um, when we found out about the heaters and we were all wondering kind of like, oh, what do they look like? What was the colorization going to be when they actually animate it? And something that randomly came to my mind, what if they're the same race as Zarbon? And, and he, uh, Gas technically has a form that's just him bigger. So there are some colorized versions of the art that's come out. They have like a dark blue skin and like a darker blue hairline, like in uh, terms of like the dreadlocks that Alec has or the hair that Gas has, like they're pretty dark blue skin. So yeah, not the same race as Zarbon, but um, I don't know, man, like you, Zarbon has a transformation. Like what if Gas has a transformation that we weren't made exactly aware of? And we assume that this wish is this power up that we're experiencing him getting uh, to be, you know, from a little guy to a big, tall, muscular dude. What if he just transformed into his, you know, upward, uh, like his super Saiyan form or whatever. And the, and the wish actually wasn't the power up. You know what I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> that would be an interesting little turn I didn't think of previous to to you bringing up Zarbon in this shit. Zarbon inspiring talking points on Superdope. Way to be. Beautiful. Yeah. Gas, Oil, and Maki show up to the battlefield, you know, where Nomaito was previously given the boys a history lesson, but the boys, Vegeta, Goku, and Granola are all pretty beat up. Granola's obviously very emotional. Vegeta's just trying to get some resolution to the story. Gas, Oil, and Maki show up, uh, and they, you know, kind of um, say all the things that I've been kind of complaining about, like, thanks for helping us double-cross each other. Thanks for beating each other up. Thanks for helping us in our plot for evil. They do all those things, and now Gas is revealed as a much taller individual and super OP, seemingly. Um, Manito makes the comment, this is one of my favorite parts of the chapter. I, I, I could boil it down to like maybe two panels, honestly, where Manito confirms that gas must have been powered up by a wish from the Dragon Balls, and it was to match Granola. And Goku puts it together that that must have been why Granola has been so strong and like been able to completely beat their asses no matter how hard they fought granola continues to ascend to that level Goku puts it together and just has this mad disappointed look on his face like oh you use magic that hurts my feelings <laughs> <laughs> it's like the bottom left panel of whatever page that shit is on i think i'll have to clip it and put it up on instagram now go follow us <laughs> at db super dope uh there's there's links in the show notes but man goku realizing that granola cheated is literally the funniest fucking thing like i could i could hear the sad music as goku does the math in his head you know <laughs> um so when Gas, Oil, and Maki show up, uh, the ship that Benito just showed up with, uh, piloted by Oatmeal, is pretty much immediately split in half up the middle, and Granola's like, oh fuck! My ship! Now, 
The reason I pause and point this out, I don't think it's a very, it's, it's given like a, a maybe a page, maybe half a page uh, in the chapter itself. The reason I stopped to point it out is because a few months back, Toyotaro did one of those interviews with Victory Uchida from Shonen Jump on their website. And he made mention of Oatmeal being a more significant character than what we've been led to believe to this point. And then a month or two later, Oatmeal is the guy to bring Manito to the battlefield and have him give this exposition to make sure that uh, everyone gets on the same team to fight the Hedas, you know? Now, I pause and bring this up because last remnants of oatmeal seemingly were in that ship, which has now since been destroyed. There was some back and forth on whether oatmeal was a real person or like an AI. And I think I'm still pretty much on the side of an AI, but what if it is a real person? And now they can't get back in touch with Manito, Granola, the fight scene in general. They're like, you know, fuck it. I know I've been talking to you through radio for the last however many years, but now I'm showing up. Do you put any stock into the idea of oatmeal having some sort of valid, uh, you know, interaction with the rest of this arc? Or am I just kind of high and making shit up? Um, I personally would like to see that. Uh, I would honestly, because I think the whole fan base would personally just like to see something where it's like we get to see what uh, oatmeal looked like, you know, and I, I think that it's I don't know if it necessarily would. I would like to see it. But again, we're not the writers of Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. For whatever reason, I've firmly been in the camp of pretty much since the beginning of him being like an AI assistant, like Jarvis to Tony Stark, you know? And that's why you see him use oatmeal with things like his auto aim and all that shit. When he has that little eyepiece dialed in, he since ditched the eyepiece. I think it's been destroyed. Now the ship has been destroyed. If oatmeal were a person, it would be, uh, the time is soon approaching for that person to come out and, uh, not be talking to the radios and eyepieces or whatever the fuck. But maybe a long shot, there's a very strong possibility oatmeal will really not factor into the end of this arc at all. That might be just me trying to write a better story than what I've been presently been given, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is where we get to like the bulk of this chapter. Uh, 78 was... I bitched a ton about 77. I was pissed that they fucking went back to the Bardock well just to be able to say, hey guys, isn't it cool we brought in Bardock? I was fucking pissed as hell last month. Also, I had a, a pretty bad cold, sinus infection. Uh, I do want to uh, extend some well wishes to our friend Rayshon Gadsden of the RGAP podcast. He was supposed to be in on the conversation with me and GB tonight, but he is uh, he's very sick. And I kind of fault myself for giving him my sickness in our conversation last month, then letting it germinate and stressing him out afterwards and being like, I swear to God, chapter 78, you'd be better off fucking kill a motherfucker. I don't care. So he basically succumbed to some very serious illness, could not record. 
we miss him. We hope he feels better soon. I do want to say, Rayshon, super fan Victor, loves the Argap podcast. If you haven't listened to Argap, uh, go check it out. Links in the show notes. Uh, he does a lot more anime than I do. In case you didn't realize, Dragon Ball is kind of my thing. He likes uh, a bunch of animes a lot more than I do, as where I'm an old man and hate everything. Anyway, the bulk of the goodness of this chapter. It made me feel like uh, this chapter was a, a couple of steps above. Largely had to do with some of the action. Now, the way in which Gas chooses to um, fight, I, I don't know if fight's the right word. He's just straight up owning people when we see him in this chapter. But the first thing we see him do is split the spaceship up the middle. And then he comes out with like this energy. I don't know if I'm going to know the right word, GB. Help me out if you know it. But it's a four-pointed thing. It's not like a, a spear, because a spear would be one point. It's not like a pitchfork, because all four of those things would be it's lined up. It's not even a trident, either. It's, it's like not a, a trident, right? I was thinking trident, but the trident is three, hence the try. It's this four-pronged thing where it's basically like a square. And he this is called a quadrant. A quadrant. <laughs> I'm not going to remember how to say that or to say it, but whatever the weapon is, he throws it in a way where it pins Granola by all four of his limbs, which was... A brutal fucking visual, but an awesome one. Like, the second he came out with that, I was like, what the hell is he going to do with that stupid thing? And he throws it, and I'm like, oh, that's what he's doing. <laughs> Effective. <laughs> like, seriously, I was blown away by, by how random that thing was, and then how, sub how quickly it subsequently made sense, you know? <laughs> he pins Granola. And then when Goku tries to go to interfere, he's very quick to throw... I'm not sure exactly what to call these things. Uh, they're like weighted energy handcuffs. Uh, but handcuffs might not be the right word. They're restraints. Cubes. Yeah, so they take the shape of cubes and they go over Goku's hands and his feet and he's weighed down to the ground and he's essentially useless. Um... We talked about it in the spoilers. Ep we, it was me solo last week. I talked about it in the solo episode last week about uh, how they kind of are reminiscent to some of the techniques that Hearts uses in Super Dragon Ball Hero. And how it was in, I thought it was interesting, at least that, uh, Granola was going to be using a similar sort of technique. But when he traps Goku, that's when he realizes. He's like, you look familiar. You must be that Saiyan son or whatever. Is that Saiyan still alive? How has Gas been in on this whole defrauding Goku and Vegeta to go beat up Granola plan over the last month or whatever? How's he been on the inside of those workings and not put together already that Goku looks like Bardock. I mean, he never saw a picture of the dude. And now that he's just met him in person, he's like, oh, you are familiar. It makes me kind of fucking annoyed. It's a little bit of a hole. 
that shouldn't bother me as much as it does. But if you're going to have one of Gas's primary motivations be getting his, I don't know, revenge or street cred back on this planet that he lost it on 40 years ago against a completely different fucking person. If you're going to make that be that, you probably should have had him recognize Goku sooner. They do a little bit of a pivot in this chapter and be like, hey, Granola, this is me, Gas, the character, talking to Granola. They say some shit like, I always hated you. I wanted to kill you a long ass time ago. And now make it about Gas hating Granola. There's not a ton of reason for that to be Gas's feelings on the subject, which kind of annoys me. But doesn't stop Homeboy from... Uh, trying to go to kill Goku with an axe when Goku, you know, says, hey, why do you got to kill all of us? I'm cool. I like that Goku kind of says that, like to try to talk his way out of a situation instead of just being superhero Goku. But Granola breaks free of his quadrant. 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 That's it. Yeah, good call. Uh, he breaks free of that and hits gas in the back with a blast. Talk to me about how you feel on, uh, I don't know, gas in general, his motivations, his cool-ass energy weapons. I'm a big fan of the visuals. His, his block weight things or whatever. How'd you feel, GB? Uh, I liked it, personally. I thought it was like a really cool and interesting art style for a character to sort of have with battling. Um, of course, we're back on the scene of, hey, it's magic. 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 You think it's magic? magic. Uh, or it seems like it. Could be. I, I just took it as like a manifestation of his key or whatever. And he's like, this is the way I choose to fight creatively with weird ass weapons and throwing axe or, you know, swinging axes and quad dents that I make out of my key. Like, that's how I took it. But it, maybe it is a magic thing. I don't know how the fucking heat is work. Who knows? Yeah. I, I mean, personally, I thought it was cool. Um, I just like to see that and I like to see that they're kind of getting different ideas with the sort of battling, which I personally like that. I like to see the new techniques that maybe people have been hiding for so long or, you know, things like that. It's always cool. And especially in the anime becomes more hyped because you're like, oh, wow, these things are so cool. Like, I would never think a character would have this, you know? Yeah, especially like... Everything we've seen to this point in the Granola, Vegeta, Goku battles in this arc, like, it's been very well drawn, but it's been nothing, like, super outside the box. And, I mean, in, in terms of, like, visualizing weapons or, like, manifesting weapons or your key, there aren't a ton of examples in Dragon Ball that I can think of. One I can think of off the top is uh, Janimba. Like with his sword, I, I'm pretty sure that was meant to be manifested out of key, but even that, I could be wrong there as well. Hearts is the most recent obvious example um, that I think of in terms of like the the weighted key blocks or restraints or whatever the heck we're calling them. But like this dude had like an axe. He had a Captain America shield. <laughs> he had like a... I actually wrote some of them down, dude. Um, he, he, he like turns into Razor Fist from Shang-Chi for a second. He has a cap shield. He has a Harley Quinn mallet. Like he's got a ton of different weapons throughout the course of this chapter, which 
visually are cool and they bring like a new element to the battle that I mean doesn't change anything in like the grand scheme but a cool different thing to look at which I can appreciate for sure I personally like um, you know Granola is now the focus of Gas's attack now that he's not going to be able to kill Goku like he hits him in the back with the blast that's when Manito sneaks up to Goku and he's like let me get these things off you and like Namek's his fucking energy restraints off of his hands and makes the attempt to heal him, you know, and, and begs him to go save Granola if, if he's able. Meanwhile, Granola versus this OP recently wished strongest in the universe, now very tall gas, is just getting beaten in the goddamn face with a spiked mace. <laughs> like... A lot of different cool um, weapon ideas. Uh, even if I don't like Gas's character, which I, I I like him a little bit. He's not a bad character yet to me. Uh, I, I can admire how creative he is on the fly with his weapon choices. Yeah. Something I also realized, too. Technically, we already had another character that did that, and it's a big one. I'm surprised that you forgot. But I remembered because of two things. One, I I'm forget all the fan. time. I'm a huge fan of this character. And two is I literally have a pop figure of it. Rose. Oh, with the spirit blade. The, yeah, good call. Yeah, with the spirit yeah. blade, which turns into is a it spirit blade. Doesn't matter. Oh, and the blade. scythe. Good, good yeah. fucking call, dude. Good fucking call. If I played more Dragon Ball Fighter Z and subjected myself to that terrible community, I obviously would have remembered that. But you know, good call. You're 100% right on that. Sometimes I'm, I'm good. Sometimes I just make crazy things come out of my booty hole as ideas as uh <laughs> miris would say <laughs> yeah no right out the booty hole with that crazy shit that you've got every once in a while miris woods miris woods you don't know who miris woods is it's because you're not a member of our discord go join the discord it's one big group chat us talking dragon ball video games other cartoons marvel stuff uh links are in the show notes come fucking hang out and chat with us one of these days, we'll get back to a, a watch-along, I swear to God. Um, but yeah, back to Granola getting beat in the face with a mace. He eventually stops and asks Gas, why even would you guys have let me live? Like, what was the point in you guys continuing to, you know, string us along if all you wanted to do was kill me in the first place? And we get a little bit of a flashback to little baby Granola. Baby's probably the wrong word. It's several years after the Saiyan invasion. Alec never told Gas and the rest of the gang that Granola survived. He goes back visit his, and visits Manito, um, having heard that Granola is now a pretty accomplished bounty hunter. And he makes the play to employ Manito for his own selfish gains and even though Manito puts up a bit of a fight and he's like fuck you you're not taking this kid he's pretty much just like yeah if you know what's good for you this kid now works for me and you are to never tell him that I killed his mom and that's how Granola becomes employed by the Hita gang and this flashback kind of comes out on the other side of Goku and Manito talking about the situation as Manito frees him from the energy restraints or whatever and is trying to heal him. And 
this is what Manito says. What I guess I've been waiting for. I don't know. It's what he says. I, I couldn't have told him the truth. If I had, he would have come up with some kind of half-baked plan for revenge. Try to go after them and would have lost. Now, this is where I'm a little bit annoyed. With Manito's excuse. I've been asking for the last few months. I'm like, why wouldn't Manito share this information with his roommate? Of 40 goddamn years, presumably at that point, probably your best friend. I lived with Crystal for like seven, eight, seven or eight years. She's like one of my best friends. If I lived with Crystal for 40 years, we'd have been best friends, no doubt. Manito, though, he just decides that it's probably the best course of action. And uh, I don't know. I feel that that's a little bit weak, personally. I mean, did Manito know that the Saiyans were 100% extinct? I don't think that he did. There could be some confirmation to this within the last few chapters that I'm kind of overlooking and not thinking about in this moment, but the flip side, if you don't want to turn Granola against the Hida gang and Alec, you decide instead to go turn him against a murderous race of Saiyans who can turn into giant monkeys and destroy your civilization. I don't think Manito was aware that the Saiyans were since extinct. So for him to turn Granola's revenge or vengeance quest or whatever against the Saiyans instead of Alec, it's like six of one, half dozen of the, half dozen of the other. Doesn't make a ton of sense either way. What do you think of his excuse, GB, to, to not want to send him on that suicide mission or whatever? What do you think? I thought it was just weird. Personally, I, I, like, I felt like it could use a little bit more explanation. But then again, it just sounds like um, Alex just like, I got this big old plan and it's going to happen this way and everyone's going to listen to him because he's probably the strongest or a person who can persuade people, whatever it may be. But um, I feel like it definitely needed a bit more explanation to it. I bet um, Gas is off making a motherfucking wish again, dude. I bet you he's going to be like, now I'm the strongest and now I'm stronger than you, Gas. So listen, I bet he's going to be some shit like that. Yeah, maybe something like that. Maybe he's just uh, reassuring as well that um that like he keeps some type of hierarchy like you were saying basically yeah well i guess we'll see what that could hold but as manito's given this piss poor excuse as to why he wouldn't let his best friend of 40 years know that his life has been a complete fucking lie he makes the remark that i'm not even worthy of being called a namekian or, or something of that effect because he can't fully heal Goku back to where he needs to be to be able to re-enter, you know, the melee here. And that's what Goku thinks. Heal! Duh! And he remembers that there is a sensu bean left over that he gave to Vegeta several chapters back at this point that Vegeta has since uh, put into his armor inside pocket. I talked about that a bunch last week in that spoilers chapter, uh, or spoilers episode, go listen to it. But it's since in his pocket, he ditched his armor, and now he has to go and retrieve it. 
Now, Goku says pretty explicitly, which I think was one of the funnier moments in this chapter. Vegeta, go get that sensu bean and eat it. I already ate one. You eat it and you go back to that freaky face form. Triple F, if you will. Vegeta's like, what the fuck, man? You know what it's called, and it's called Ultra Ego, and I'd appreciate it if you didn't call me by a freaky face name like that ever again. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say anything about Super Saiyan 3. I mean, think about it. The instances in which Goku has gone Super Saiyan 3, do you think that he was in a mirror? Do you think he had the time to reflect upon his image and the fact that he no longer had any eyebrows? Oh yeah, definitely. I know that Kami probably got a mirror. He probably got it. Sorry, is it Kami or no? It is Kami. Kami got a mirror. He's probably looking at himself like, mm, I wonder what I'm going to wear today, and picks the same outfit every day for the rest of his life. Nah. I bet you he does that. Nah, I don't think that's it, man. I can think of a very explicit example of Goku looking at himself in a mirror in Super Saiyan Four, uh, but never in Super Saiyan Three, man. Limited appearances, even in GT. I'm going to be doing a, a a deep dive on a stretch of episodes for GT with Rayshon this weekend. So, oh, that's going to be fun. Oh, it's 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 some of the baby saga mostly. It's like the first half of the baby saga. I think we'll see what happens, but it's some of the best GT. So be on the lookout for that shit. I'll I'll drop links and all that. But uh, in the meantime, I don't think Goku knows what he looks like when he has uh, no eyebrows in Super Saiyan three form. So we can't be talking shit to Vegeta like that. But you gotta you gotta be able to feel that though. Like you gotta feel like your brow just intensify, you know? <laughs> like just wow. the brow just said, I'm going from italic to bold. <laughs> my, my my Neanderthal eyebrows got so fucking bold that it just foregone all of the hair on them. Something <laughs> like that. Uh either way, freaky face form, ultra ego, we're neither here nor there. Goku makes the agreement to let Vegeta uh, eat the Senzu and be the one to win it. So we then see Goku interferes, healed just enough by Namaito to be able to uh, Munaito. Mm, why would you name two different characters in Dragon Ball such similar names? Whatever. I'm not going to get into it again. I've talked about it enough. Namaito's an OG. Monaito's kind of a bitch who I think needs to die in this fucking arc, if I'm being honest. But he heals Goku just enough to be able to be useful in a fight against Gas again. And he goes back in at the um, the request of Granola, excuse me, at the request of Benito, who, who says, you know, save Granola for me. You know, don't let anything bad happen. Save him for me. He re-enters the fight and Vegeta goes off to retrieve the senzu bean in his armor and then what so we see goku start to fight again it's a pretty good uh few pages of action vegeta eventually finds his armor and it's a very quick ordeal which i super appreciated if they wanted to be dicks they could have very easily had vegeta get back to granola next month they could have very easily done it that's what I thought was going to happen as I was reading this chapter initially. But he grabs it out of his armor, flies it back immediately, and the last page of the chapter this month is Vegeta giving the Senzu Bean to Granola and saying, 
Your revenge must be satisfied, no? Settle this grudge with your own strength and giving that senzu bean to granola. So, I fucking personally absolutely love that. I hated last month so much. I hated how much they've derailed from the last, uh, over the last couple of chapters from where I initially thought they were going to go. I thought that they were lining up Vegeta to actually, for real, get the win this time, which, you know, they pulled the rug out from under me for the millionth time. I get it. But this churn of Granola potentially being the guy to get the win at the end of the chapter is something that I am such a fucking fan of. What do you think of Vegeta's decision in this moment to give Granola the Senzu Bean? Good idea or bad idea? Because I could also see it being a bad idea just as easily as I like it for story purposes, you know? Uh, you know, it's funny. I was literally thinking about it the whole time, too, of it being a good or a bad idea. Personally, I liked it. The reason why is because it's more of that character development, keeping constant with Vegeta, showing that, hey, you know, he really has changed from being like a person who's just like, I'm a self-righteous saying only I, I look after me. I only care about me to being more of a like sort of a teacher because, I mean, he kind of was already with Kaba and trunks as well and probably with what his daughter's name bra buddha is what they're calling her in dragon ball buddha but um it's it was good it was honestly i was like you know this is this is good in a sense because if you think about it vegeta's probably he knows he's at a point where he's like i probably will never be able to get my revenge if you remember from when he was first learning how to be a god of destruction Beerus was like, I was the one who sent Frieza to kill the same race. What are you going to do about it? You got to let go of the past. And Vegeta saying like, because I think Vegeta in himself is thinking, you know, I don't think I'll ever be able to really let go of the past. But maybe I can help someone else re like relieve that so they get over it. Because we've seen this whole time Granola had this hatred against the Saiyans for years literally decades on decades on decades. And now that we're able to possibly see Granola taking the Sensu and helping Goku fight, it's going to be interesting. That's at least the good side I can see. The bad side being that Granola gets it, he tries to win, he ends up dying, and Goku, or near death, and Goku and Vegeta probably have to do some type of weird attack thing I don't know if a Kamehameha with a Gallic gun type of blast, like what we saw in Broly. Or we might just see a fusion, which I honestly, I'm not to like, I don't get me wrong. I love the fusions. I love the Pataras. I love the fusion itself. I love it. It's personally a really cool aspect to Dragon Ball. That's what made, I think, Dragon Ball like a sort of iconic thing with fusions. Now, of course, I could be wrong, but hey, that's just me. But um, I wouldn't want to see a fusion anytime soon. I really wouldn't. I want to see it maybe near like the very end of this arc. Cause I feel like we're not even, I feel like we're still sort of like midway of the arc. I could be wrong, but. Yeah. I don't think we'll see a fusion at all between these two. I, I genuinely don't, uh, whether or not it's a good idea to have given Vegeta, excuse me for Vegeta to have given Granola, the last Senzu, 
you can go back and forth. Now that supposedly he is no longer the strongest, and now Gas is, you have to assume he's not going to return to a level comparable to that of Gas. I feel like there's a possibility that the Sensu Bean will end up being a waste. And it'll power him up just enough to burn through his remaining 50 years of power or whatever. Because I imagine, even though he's no longer still the strongest in the universe, he's probably still burning through his power at an accelerated rate. So I could see him taking the Sensu Bean, powering up to hold off gas, and, you know, like he was ready to do against Vegeta a few chapters ago, store up the rest of his power in this final attack to be able to finally erase you. I could see a similar sort of thing happening with uh, him in regards to gas. So that's what makes you think it's a bad idea. But like I said before, your answer, like, I like the idea of the character development of Vegeta and being able to measure progress from when we initially met him, him being like an anti-hero type, him being a full-on ally of Goku since like Majin Buu arc after Majin Vegeta. Well, all throughout Super, it's been the Goku and Vegeta show. To see him continue to embrace like a mentor sort of role, maybe not mentor role like he has with Kaba, but like a similar sort of energy, like you said. It's more of him just being like the next, the the older generation to try to help right the wrongs, you know, that he's experienced in his own life and help them experience, uh, you know, whatever, a more fulfilling life, or in this case, uh, revenge scenario. <laughs> um, that pretty much brings us to the end of the chapter, but before we get out of here, I wanted to ask you, uh, predictions that you might have for chapter 79, but more specifically, like my predictions uh, or my thought process now is, is kind of, you know, hovering around, like what are Goku and Vegeta going to do now for the rest of this arc? Because presumably, you know, Goku puts the faith in Vegeta, take the sense you being get ugly face move, whatever. Vegeta takes that and then gives it to Granola. So now I guess we have to put our best hopes into Granola. Goku is beat up and holding off gas. Vegeta's not going to get revitalized with a Senzu. Granola's our guy now. Predictions for Chapter 79 or for Goku and Vegeta's role in this arc going forward? What do you think, man? Um, very good question. I, I had this weird thing thing that i thought of and it seems like a lot of the things are obviously inspired by the manga are also inspired by heroes of course being the same ip sort of but differences hmm. um personally what i think i could see and as much as i said i hate this idea it's an idea that came up into my mind i have mainly two ideas the first right. idea is not so crazy it's granola takes the uh Sensu, um, Vegeta, and Goku buy time because maybe Granola has like a special attack that um, he's like, you know, I have an idea um, that may inv involve and 
I think it'd be a very interesting thing. And maybe this is me branching off into how they're kind of copying kind of Disney sort of in Star Wars. Hmm. thinking maybe that oatmeal might be might be able to have like some type of power or something where it's like combines with granola and granola becomes like a stronger being and uses the rest of his time that he has left um because like again his time is shortened by years yep um where he may use up all the energy and about to finish the last blow dies and or finishes the last blow with the last blow and then he dies and has this touching scene or whatever um the other crazy idea i had was that granola inevitably gets defeated and goku and vegeta fuse gogeta and you know gogeta's doing a pretty good job but still not like catching up to you know the main villain and so the main and what they do is they what Gogeta does is he uses both ultra instinct and ultra ego because technically Gogeta would have access to both true I think the problem with the idea of Gogeta coming into this arc at all at this point is if this wish operates in a way in which I believe it does Gogeta comes in He's now like super OP, powered up being, by default, the person who just most recently wished to be the strongest in the universe in this case. Presumably gas. Again, we saw this, this wish was made off screen. We didn't see it made. So it could be something else happening. Who knows? But Gogeta pops in. It's like, I'm the strongest now in this reality. And then it takes, you know, a couple of seconds for gas to be able to catch up and power up to that point. There were instances of it early on in the arc where Granola suddenly has powers and abilities that he doesn't explain or know how they work, but because he sees Vegeta and Granola, uh, because he sees Vegeta and Goku doing them around him, he just kind of knows how to do it and just poof, magic. Instant transmission is a great example of that. I don't think we're going to see a fusion. Um, what I am kind of interested in, though, primarily, is Granola will probably be a formidable foe. Maybe not somebody to like push gas, but like keep him on the ropes. I imagine uh, m most of my excitement or curiosity or whatever lies around Alec. I could see Alec being the type of dude to be like, hey, gas, you're the strongest in the universe. And then, like, once he starts to eliminate the people that are threats seemingly to Alec, him to make the same kind of wish to be like, now I'm the strongest and you can't overthrow me or whatever. Like I could see that being involved in the pinnacle of this arc and the director's cut of this arc. He makes, he tries to make a wish like that. Manito fucking suicides himself and then Frieza shows up or something. And he like saves everybody for like a real ultimate plot twist. M night. Now don't talk about him. We try not to, but. I see dead people. You know what I'm talking about. I will never want to hear any of M. Night Shyamalan's doing again because of what he did to the last airbender. Oh. That's something that we all try to forget about. And what I realize now is that we can never forget about it, but always just remember 
never let M. Night Shyamala ever, and I mean ever in his living years, to direct something anime-related, animated-related, anything like that. If he's about to do another series, we simply say, no, God, no, please no, unless it's a series he came up with himself. Until then, no. So uh, that pretty much wraps the chapter. Thank you for listening. But uh, what you just said uh, reminded me of something like anime-related live-action shit. Have you watched uh, any of the live-action Cowboy Bebop? Nope. Do you plan on it? Do you know the anime? Uh, I've watched a little bit of the anime, honestly. It's a good anime. It's just, for me, I guess, because, um, again, one of my first animes I ever watched was technically Dragon Ball. No, it was actually Pokemon. But, um, of course, for me, it's like Cowboy Bebop's nice. It's just, it's something I really have to dedicate my time to to really enjoy it. Here's where I struggle with Cowboy Bebop, at least as an anime, than how it relates to live action. Uh, it's a very heavy anime. It's a very, uh, for the most part, episodic anime where like it's a action adventure criminal of the week sort of thing throughout most of it. The last several episodes starts to string together or not maybe string together, but like culminate a bunch of things that you've seen throughout the series, like into kind of ambiguously left story arc for your main character spike and it's a haunting beautiful thing especially when you consider the music and the visuals like how would you have as an anime is is uh i don't want to say I, I guess the closest word i can think of is masterpiece but i don't know if it's exactly a masterpiece because it's a tough thing for me to be able to watch like binge style you know what i mean like mm -hmm. You have to, it's a, it's the sort of anime where it, to be able to fully appreciate it, you have to be able to like watch it fully and understand and appreciate all the genre mashups and jokes and references and care that is put into it. It's not an anime to watch casually for me, at least I, I it probably is for some people, but for me, it's not, it's, it needs 100% attention all the time. And I've done that with uh, the majority of the series, not all of it. Uh, little known super dope fact, we recorded half of the Cowboy Bebop anime series as podcasts, but they were lost to uh, data deletion and accidents and shit like that. But um, I've watched that series very deeply. Going to the live action, it's tough, man. It's always going to be tough when they make a live-action anime uh, or a live-action adaptation of anime. But the one advantage I feel they had was that it wasn't a movie or like a, a made-for-TV size movie or whatever. It's a series of, I think it's 10 episodes. I watched the first two and I had fun with it. Uh, they were enjoyable enough so long as I could separate and tell myself, like, this is not Cowboy Bebop live action. This is inspired by Cowboy Bebop, the anime, you know? Mm -hmm. So long as I could, like, separate those two things, it was fun. I have a fucking crush on the girl who plays Faye Valentine. The black dude who plays Jet Black is 
fucking awesome. He does such an amazing performance. John Cho, I hate to be ageist or whatever, but he is a little bit too fucking old for the supposed 27 club. He looks like he's in his mid-40s. He moves like he's in his mid-40s. Some of the action scenes are are kind of lacking, especially like hand-to-hand combat shit. You can you can very easily tell that it's not John Cho's strong suit. Um it's not completely dog shit. Like it's made with some love and attention, but within um, you know, budgetary uh, restrictions, I guess. But also I've heard much like how I feel about the anime, though, I have only been able to watch the first two episodes because I have to pay full attention to understand and appreciate all the shit they're doing, the genre-bending stuff they're doing. And now, specifically, um, the homages or respect they're paying to the actual source material in the anime. So I've only watched the first two, which uh, I understand are pretty highly regarded amongst everyone, but I, I guess it devolves to dog shit. Guy who plays Vicious, cringe as fuck. Oh my god, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to watch it. Uh, but I had to a little bit, and he sucks. I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's my first two episodes review of the Cowboy Bebop live action series. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for Super Dope pretty much this week. Uh, chapter 78, Gas's Wish. What a blast. Uh, GB, what's going on in your world, dude? NPC, other podcasts, other stuff you're working on? What's up, man? Um, well, I'll tell you something. Uh, we haven't been on the NPC in quite a while. Uh, Paul has a lot of projects that he's working on. And... He's a very busy slash talented man. But what yes. else you got? Anything? You, you streaming or what? Uh, I haven't been streaming that much just because uh, my PC needs more dedicated wham. Uh, so till then I will be not streaming, but I've been doing, uh, a lot of things, uh, other than that outside of life, uh, recently it's something I actually didn't even send you, but I recently got my AA in college. So, uh, congratulations, man. Thanks. Yeah. Now I'm trying to make my way into transferring to an actual university. So hopefully I only have to spend two years, uh, which I'm going to only spend two years, three years max, but I'm pretty sure I'll get everything done. Besides that, um, I'm usually just always supporting my friends on Twitch and supporting my friends who have podcasts and stuff and have dreams and want to fulfill them. So I support them fully. And uh, besides that, I don't really have much else. But hey, definitely check out NPC Adventures because I feel like I don't ever plug that enough. Um, They're having a really fun time. I think they're getting close sort of maybe within the next couple months they might be ending the season for it but so npc adventures is the npc podcast D show right yeah so basically it's paul uh this other person named francis katie uh i think kent every once in a while gets on there uh, and some other people who get on and they enjoy it they really role play the hell out of it and it's beautiful and fun to listen and Paul puts a lot of time and energy and editing into that. So we appreciate any of you guys who come and support. I used to be on it, but uh, mental 
mental capacity would not la- uh, would not last for that long. But <laughs> yeah, D and D is a real tough trying game. GB, I feel you, man. Um, that's great news. I'm happy that everyone's keeping busy. Make sure you go check out those podcasts and. Uh, Yeah, if you want an unedited version of this conversation, you want to know a little bit more about the crazy shit I've been working on and the celebrity podcast pitches that I've been up to, uh, go check out Patreon. I talk about it a little bit more openly with GB in the pre-show for this episode. It's patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Superdope. All that shit helps support the show and make sure that we continue to make it. Some weeks it's like, you know, is it? Should we? I'm not sure. Uh, But we're up to uh, a few different things over here. And uh, always appreciate the support between me and GB both. We will, uh, GB, I love you, man. I uh, missed talking with you last month about the chapter. It was great to catch up this month. And uh, let's do it again next month. You heard? Yes, sir. Let's review the next banger next month. There you go. (laughs) That's the end of the show.